The following podcast is from Doxa Church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. For more information about Doxa Church, please visit us online at www.doxachurch.org. Well, let me begin by just saying what a tremendous honor it is for me to be with you all this morning. It truly is a blessing for me to be here and to be worshiping with you all this morning. There is no place on planet Earth that I would rather be than to be gathered with the people of God, worshiping God. I don't care where it is in the world. It can be Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, or Atlanta, Georgia, or Bodh Gaya, India, all places that I've, I've worshipped. There's something that is incredibly powerful that occurs when we come together in fellowship and worship God. And really, this is one of the primary reasons that God redeems us from sin. We've been redeemed, we've been saved from our sin so that we can glorify God and worship Him and enjoy genuine fellowship with Him. And by the word fellowship, I mean communion or companionship or friendship. We as human beings, we know that friendship and fellowship with other people is vitally important to our development. It was already mentioned, but my wife and I, we have two small daughters that we love dearly. They're two years old and and three months. And our doctor has told us many, many times how important it is for us to read to them and hold them and spend quality time with them so that they can properly grow and develop. Without time and fellowship with their parents and with other people, my daughters, they will not develop properly. They will have social and emotional deficiencies if they don't experience the fellowship and the love from other people. Friends, in the same way, we as Christians, we will not progress and mature properly without continued fellowship with God. We will never properly reflect the character of God as his image bearers without real fellowship with him. We desperately need the nurturing guidance and presence of God in our lives. We need communion with God. This morning, I want us to look at and consider what genuine fellowship with God looks like. I want us to examine how communion with God is even possible. How is it that we as flawed and sinful human beings can enjoy an authentic and an ongoing relationship with the holy God who reigns in heaven? What are some things that we can do to nurture our relationship and our fellowship with God? What should our lives look like when we are in true fellowship with God? Those are some of the things we're going to consider today. But before we go any further, I'd like to take a minute and pray. And then after we pray, I want us to read our text again, and then we're going to begin to unpack it, and then later we'll apply it to our lives. So would you all pray with me now? Father, we are so grateful that we can be gathered here today in your presence. Father, thank you that even here now we are enjoying fellowship with you. 
Father, I pray right now that you would block out the many distractions that we have in our minds. Father, we are, we are busy people and we're tempted to be distracted and, and have our thoughts go to things that don't really matter. And God, I pray right now that our full attention would be on you. Father, I pray that you help me as I speak. I pray that everything that I say would be true and honoring to you. I pray it would be helpful and edifying for the people here. And Father, we just, we just pray for your blessing as we read your word. We seek Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. So I know we already read this a couple of minutes ago, but I want us to read it again together, and then we're going to begin to unpack it and apply it. So again, 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. I'm going to read it again now for us. It says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So, Father, help us now as we seek to understand. In Jesus' name, amen. In order to have true fellowship with God, it's necessary to have some basic knowledge of God and his character. John, and we're talking about the Apostle John, the one who was with Jesus, he gives, he gives this to us with his statement in verse 5. He says, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. To say that God is light is to emphasize his perfection, his holiness, his transcendence. There are no flaws in the person of God. He does not make mistakes. He does not err in his judgment. God is completely good in every sense of the word. John frequently, he uses depictions of light and darkness to show the difference between righteousness and unrighteousness, between sin and holiness. We see this in our passage. We would see this if we were to continue reading in 1 John. And also we see this in the Gospel of John. Friends, because God is light, it is impossible, impossible for him to have any darkness within him. And when John uses the term darkness in this way, he's saying there is absolutely zero sin, zero evil in God. Now to say God is holy and without sin, I know that that's kind of Christianity 101, but how often do we think about God's holiness in relation to our fellowship with him. When we talk about having fellowship with God, we're not talking about a relationship with a heavenly grandfather. We're not talking about a friendship with an old college buddy or with our girlfriends at work. To have fellowship with God is to be in communion with the one who measured the skies with his fingertips and holds the sea 
in his hand. When we think about fellowship with God, we must never neglect to remember the character of the one that we are fellowshipping with. Now, I recognize that there are many people who would say that they know this God that I'm talking about and they enjoy a relationship with him. They would, without hesitation, claim to have fellowship with God. I think that this is especially common in the area of the country that we live in here in the South. Now, I think this is changing, but I think it's viewed as culturally acceptable, even encouraged to have a relationship or fellowship with God. A lot of people, they claim to have fellowship with God, but I'm afraid that there are millions of people out there who are deceived. John speaks to this in verse 6. When he writes, if we say we have fellowship with him, while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Church, if we're we're claiming to have fellowship with God, if we are claiming to be Christians and we are walking in darkness and in sin, then we are lying. We are pretending to know God and enjoy communion with him if we live in darkness. Remember that God is light and no darkness can survive in his presence. It is impossible for us to walk in darkness and in light. To walk in darkness is to continue on in sin with no signs of turning from it. To walk in darkness is to be comfortable, even okay with our sin. Friends, it is impossible for a Christian to ever be restful while living in unrepentant sin. Listen to the way Puritan pastor and writer John Bunyan describes the darkness of sin. I love this quote. He says, sin is the dare of God's justice, the rape of his mercy, the jeer of his patience, the slight of his power, and the contempt of his love. Wow. Do we think about our sin that way? To walk and to live in holiness, to walk and live in the hideousness of sin with no remorse or no repentance is the sign of someone who does not know God. Now, I want to be careful here and just make sure that we're all on the same page. I'm not saying that we are justified and declared righteous before God by our works. That would be a horrible distortion of the truth that we are saved by grace through faith and not of works. Our works, they do not save us. We will never be made righteous by our works or our deeds, no matter how virtuous these acts may be. However, our works do give evidence of our faith. Our works our demonstration that we actually practice the truth, it shows that we do have genuine fellowship with God. John writes in verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. To walk in the light is, of course, the opposite of walking in darkness. To walk in the light is to correctly reflect the character of God. It is to walk in righteousness and to reject the allure of sin. 
It's, it's not enough for us to just have our eyes fixed on some human standard of righteousness or morality. We, as Christians, we are servants of God. God's, standard, God's standards are our standards. And church, we must aim to live in a God-like way. And by the power of the Holy Spirit that's living within us, we will grow in holiness. We will grow in our ability to live up to God's standards. I'm, I'm convinced that the prevalence of the nominal Christianity that we so often see is a result of our de-emphasis on the importance of personal holiness. Far too many people have not stressed the importance of walking in the light and growing in personal holiness. As a result of this, people who would claim to be Christians, they give a false impression of what it actually means to follow Jesus. And the results of this are disastrous on so many levels. The witness of the church is, of course, distorted, but also the individuals themselves who fail to live holy lives and walk in the light, they are missing out on true fellowship with God and with other Christians. Friends, when we are truly walking in the light, when we are truly seeking to know God and grow in personal holiness, we experience both divine and human fellowship. The way that John puts this in verse 7 is very important when he says that we will have fellowship with one another when we walk in the light. The fellowship that we share as Christians, it is of great worth. We know that our fellowship, our communion with God is of the utmost importance, but our friendship with other Christians, it is a close second. John then adds at the end of verse 7, he says, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. This statement, that statement right there at the end of verse 7, that is the key to understanding true fellowship with God. If you've tuned me out this morning, please tune back in just for a minute here and hear what I'm getting ready to say because this is how fellowship with God is possible. This is the key to understanding how we have communion with God. Friends, it is only through the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we can enter into fellowship with God. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, please listen to what I'm about to say. Please listen to this. You cannot know God and be in fellowship with him apart from the blood of Jesus. Apart from Christ's death and resurrection, there is no fellowship with God. This may sound strange or unusual, but I promise you it is true. We mentioned earlier that God is holy and he's righteous and he can have no association or fellowship with sin. We, and I mean every single human being on the planet, we are all guilty of sin. We have all broken God's law and we are guilty before him. We all deserve hell because of our sin. And our sin has made fellowship with God impossible. But God in his mercy and in his love, he sent his son Jesus, who was truly God and truly man, to pay the penalty for our sin. If we will confess 
our sin and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, we can be forgiven. Christ's blood will ultimately remove the stain of sin from us. If you're here today and you are not a Christian, I urge you, put your faith and your trust in Christ. Trust in Christ and experience true fellowship with God. Now, it's interesting that when John says the blood of Christ cleanses us, the word cleanse there, it's in a present and in a continuous tense. It gives the idea that the cleansing that takes place, the cleansing that John's talking about, is a day-by-day cleansing instead of a once-and-for-all cleansing. We know that Christ will ultimately, permanently remove the stain of sin from us, but John's emphasis here is a day-by-day cleansing from sin. John's not saying that we will obtain some kind of sinless perfection while while we are here on earth. There are some who teach that, but that contradicts the teaching that's right here. Instead, I think that John is saying that as we walk in the light, as we walk in holiness, and as we experience true fellowship with God, our sins are cleansed. That idea, it makes a lot more sense when we read verse 8, where John writes, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. The reality is that sin is part of our human nature. Sin is not just a a bad character flaw or a disease or a product of our environment. Friends, at our core, we are all sinners, and that is why we so desperately need a Savior. Even as we mature as Christians and as we grow in holiness, sin will remain until we get to heaven, until that day, we will all do battle with our sin nature. Some sin will always remain in the life of every Christian. Even the apostle John here, he acknowledges this fact by saying we at the beginning of verse 8. He is admitting that some sin remains within him. Brothers and sisters, it is sin that disrupts our fellowship with God. Now remember that our union with God, it can never be disrupted. But our communion with him It can. And while we're on earth in these bodies that are tarnished by sin, our fellowship with God, it will never be perfect. But one day, when we receive our glorified bodies in heaven, the imperfection of sin, it will finally be removed. And we will enjoy undisrupted fellowship with God forever. Amen? That is one of the things that I most look forward to most about heaven, no more struggles with sin, and perfect fellowship with God forever and ever. In the meantime, we must confess our sin to God in order to maintain fellowship with him. John writes in verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Brothers and sisters, we must confess in order to receive salvation, but we must also confess sin in order to continue in fellowship with God and with one another. Now, to confess is to admit that we are at fault or that we have committed some type of crime. It is to recognize our sin and our guilt before God. Then in the second part of verse 9, this is some of the most 
encouraging news in all of Scripture. God will forgive us if we confess our sins to him. God will cleanse us from all unrighteousness when we come to him. Verse 9 here, it brings to mind what God said to Moses in Exodus 34 when he passed before him. I'm sure many of you know this story. But remember how Moses, he wanted to see the face of God. And God told him, you cannot see my face and live. My holiness is too much for you to handle. But Moses, he hid in a cleft of a rock and God passed by and he covered Moses with his hand. And as God passed by, he said this. He said, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Friends, our God is a forgiving God. He is faithful to forgive and he is slow to anger. He is abounding in love and he will cleanse us from unrighteousness by the the concept, this is true of our relationship with other people, and it's true, with, it's true of our relationship with God. James writes in James 5, 16, he says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. We must confess to God if forgiveness is to be extended and applied. The reality is that if we are living in continued unrepentant sin, we certainly will not enjoy being a Christian. John will write later in 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, he says that no one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. We never want to make a practice of sinning. We must fight and struggle against sin. But when we do fall and we do give in to sin, our confession of this sin allows us to maintain fellowship with God and with one another. Finally, in verse 10, it says, If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. We've already mentioned this, but we are all guilty of sin. We have all fallen short before God. We have all failed to live up to his standard. And this is why the gospel is such good news. We can be reconciled to God and enjoy fellowship with him through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But we must acknowledge our sin. If we fail to acknowledge our sin before God, then we don't know him. And it is impossible for us to truly come to know him. His word, his truth, his light is not inside of us if we can't acknowledge that we are guilty of sin. We have to do this. We have to acknowledge our sin in order to experience intimate fellowship with God. Now, I really debated if we needed to look at First uh, John chapter 2, verses 1 through 6 in this message. And I ultimately, I decided that we did not need to continue into that passage together this morning. But the themes that we've hit on, John continues that in the first part of 1 John chapter 2. Maybe this afternoon or later this week, you can read these next few verses here and see how they relate to what 
we've already talked about because it, it really fits together um, quite perfectly. But now I want to I shift and I want to begin to apply some of these truths that we've talked about to our lives. I know that if you've been listening, you've seen how what we've talked about, it, it, it already applies to our lives in many ways, but I want to hone in on the theme of fellowship with God. Fellowship with God. Now again, we've already talked about how we can experience fellowship with God when we walk with him. We must walk in the light and practice the truth if we are to experience fellowship with God. We spoke about how fellowship with God is only possible through the blood of Jesus Christ. Our faith and our trust in Christ's death and resurrection for the forgiveness of sins, it makes fellowship with God possible. We must confess our sin in order to enter into this relationship, and we must continue to practice confession of sin in order to maintain fellowship with God. And there are, there are many applications that come from each, each of these points here. But I now, I, I want to answer the question of what are some ways that we enjoy and experience fellowship with God? Again, we know that confession of sin and walking in the light and knowledge and impurity, these things are, are crucial. But what are some practical things that we can do every day to enjoy deep communion with God? I have four quick points of application here that I hope will be helpful for everybody in here. And again, we're just seeking to answer the question, what are some practical ways that we enjoy and experience fellowship with God. So, number one, we must recognize God's love for us. I think a lot of times we fail to experience fellowship with God because we forget how much God loves us. We forget that God, he desires fellowship with us. Not because God is lacking anything, that's certainly not true, but simply because he loves us. God's love for us is absolutely astounding. The fact that God would choose to bestow his love on us as flawed and sinful people, it does not make sense. But that is exactly what he does. John writes in 1 John 3, 1, he says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. As born-again believers, brothers and sisters, we are children of God. We are his redeemed people. As a, as a parent, I think about the love that I have for my, my little girls, and I'm sure that many of you in here have children that you, you deeply love and that you cherish. And this is, this is crazy to think about, but do you realize that God's love for his children is infinitely greater than the love that we have for our children? It's astonishing, isn't it? God's love for us, it's truly beyond our ability to comprehend. Paul writes at the end of Romans 8 that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. When we come to truly believe and understand this, fellowship with God, it becomes so much easier and desirable. As we understand and as we reflect on God's deep love for us as his children, we will experience deeper fellowship with him. We also experience fellowship with God when we, and this is point number two, when we read 
our Bibles and pray earnestly to our God. Read our Bibles and pray earnestly to our God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Church, the word of God is alive and it is powerful. God speaks through the scriptures as we read. It's, it's amazing to me that in an age where we literally have the Bible at our fingertips, so many Christians, they neglect to enjoy fellowship with God by reading his word. It's sad how many Christians will um, be overjoyed at the new Star Wars movie or the newest season of The Bachelor, while the word of God, it collects dust on the nightstand. Just in the last couple of years in my own life, God has truly grown my love and my appreciation and my hunger for his word. I'm so grateful for the way that he's done this, and I pray that many more people will come to see the treasure that is God's word. The Bible is so important for our growth as Christians, and it is one of the primary ways that we do hear from God. Now, in addition to hearing from God and spending time with him in his word, we also need to converse with him through prayer. Prayer is the lifeblood of the Christian. And when we pray, we are able to talk to God. And the amazing thing is he actually listens to us. The God of the universe, he hears us when we pray. Could you imagine a healthy relationship where two people never actually spoke? Healthy relationship. And when we read our Bibles, we hear from God. And when we pray, we have the opportunity to pour our, our hearts out to him. And then when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us with wordless groans. That's the way Paul describes it in Romans chapter 8. Christians, don't let a day go by where you don't enjoy deep and meaningful fellowship with God through prayer and scripture reading. Next, we enjoy fellowship with God when we gather together to worship with other believers in a church that preaches the gospel. We enjoy fellowship with God when we gather together to worship with other believers in a church that preaches the gospel. Friends, our commitment to attend church each week and worship with other believers, it is vital to us enjoying fellowship with God. Jesus himself, he says in Matthew 18, that where two or more are gathered in my name, I am with them. Now Jesus says this in the context of church discipline, but I think the truth of this statement, it applies to all the gatherings of the church. God is with us when we gather. When the scriptures are unfolded and the God fellowship with God. When we take the Lord's Supper and remember Christ's death and resurrection, God is with us. Hebrews 10, 25, it tells us to not neglect to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another in all the more as you see the day drawing near. The most joyful and fullest fellowship with God that we can ever experience, it comes when Christ's bride, the church, is gathered. 
Friends, we must not neglect to gather together because if we do, we will miss out on communion, on fellowship with God. Finally, the the final point here, we experience fellowship with God when we serve and care for others. We experience fellowship with God when we serve and care for others. That Remember, it is through our serving and our caring of others that we actually demonstrate that we know God. James in chapter 1 verse 27, he says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. When we share our time, our talents, and our money in serving others in the body of Christ, we experience God. Think about the example of Christ. No one on earth ever experienced greater fellowship with God the Father than the person of Christ. And Jesus, he was always serving others. Jesus himself says in Mark 10, 45, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus' entire life was an example of servitude. Even in his final days, we find Jesus serving others by washing the feet of his disciples. To be a servant, it requires no special talents. All it takes is a willing heart and attitude. If we will simply serve others, we will enjoy fellowship with God. John Owen, in his book on communion, or his book titled Communion with God, he says this about fellowship with God, and I think it's so spot on. It's an old book, but it's a really good book. Owen says this, he says, and truly for sinners to have fellowship with God, the infinitely holy God is an astonishing dispensation. I want to read that again because it's just so good. And truly for sinners to have fellowship with God, the infinitely holy God is an astonishing dispensation. It is astonishing that we can actually enjoy fellowship with God. It is shocking that broken and sinful and flawed people can know and enjoy communion with God. Christians do not neglect to cultivate and enjoy that relationship that you have with God. Live a life where you remember God's great love for you. Live a life where you walk in the light, in the truth, and you confess your sins to God. Enjoy fellowship with God while you're here on earth, and remember that one day perfect fellowship with God will be ours in heaven. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, I know that there are many people here who would love to talk with you about how you can enter into a union with God and how you can enjoy this amazing gift of fellowship with him. I'm going to hang around for a few minutes after we're done if you want to, if you want to talk, and I would love to talk with you. And again, I know that there's many others in here who would love talk with you about how you can know God, how you can have a relationship with him. Well, I'm going to pray, and then I I think we're going to sing and take communion and sing some more, something along those lines. Um, But would you all pray with me here?
Father, it truly is astonishing that we can know you. It is difficult to comprehend that we can know you. But Father, we can. Thank you, God. Thank you that we can have fellowship with you. Thank you that we can know you and spend time with you. Father, thank you that you desire fellowship with us. Father, I pray that this week and even this year, Lord, that you will give us a deep, deep desire for fellowship with you. Father, I pray that you will change us. You will make us more like your son each time that we're with you. Father, we desire that, so please be with us. And God, I pray for anyone here that they don't have fellowship with you, Father. I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will help them to be brave enough to ask someone and not leave here until they find out more about what it really means to know you. So Father, again, be with us as we sing and enjoy more fellowship with you here this morning. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Doxa Church. We are so glad that you took the time to join us today. At Doxa, we exist to make disciples who joyfully worship Jesus with their whole lives. We invite you to join us. Doxa Church meets at 10 a.m. every Sunday at River Oaks Elementary School. For more information about Doxa Church, please visit us online at www.doxachurch.org.